0: Magic potions, witchcraft, evil spells, and who knows, maybe even a vaccine. This is truth to ponder, with Bob Beerman. I
1: put a spell on you.
0: So, if you have a physical covering with one
2: layer, you put another layer on.
1: Cause you're mine.
2: And it just makes common sense. That it likely would be more effective. And that's the reason why you see people either double masking.
1: You better stop the things you do. Oh. Conjure
2: you! by that's what you profess, how are you come to know it? I am lying.
1: I lying. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this
0: way comes. <laughs> How now, you secret black and midnight hags? What is to do? A deed without your name.
2: I am optimistic that one of the vaccine efforts will give us vaccines in the next 18 months. And we'll make sure that it's produced in volume and that it's accessible to everyone in the world. That's how we're going to end
1: this pandemic. Liver of blaspheming you, gall of goat and slips of you. I conjure you by that which you profess, howe'er you come to know it. Answer me to what I ask. Cool it with a baboon's blood, then the charm is firm and good. Vaccines are safe and effective. And I believe as you see your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter getting it, that you will be much more inclined to get it. Listen to Dr. Fauci. Listen to the scientists who developed these vaccines and the extensive and rigorous review they went through. I did. I took my shots publicly to demonstrate to the American people that it's safe and effective. Boiled out first in the pot. Eye of toe of frog, of
0: So I guess it was Saturday morning that I got up and I'm checking my email and a few other things, doing a little bit of research online to, to get ready for this program. And I'm looking, I don't normally do a whole lot of research on Google. I like to to look at it to see what they're thinking. And there on Google, you got the G-O-O, you know, G-L-E thing. They got the letters. And they always make like little cartoons for certain purposes. And, and the letters are always doing something. In this, in this case, every letter is wearing a magic face mask, and they're all getting their COVID-19 shots. Yep, The little letters are jumping up and down with joy that they're getting injected with a COVID-19 vaccine. I guess they can now have their life back. They can get some of the freedom back that was taken away over the past year in the name of a pandemic. And I'm looking at this stupid little cartoon thing from Google and I'm realizing just how manipulated everything in terms of our news and media actually are. What's even scarier are the number of people that without questioning, without thinking for themselves, buy into everything that we're being told. Now today, when I was doing some research for the program, someone had shared with me, and I'd kind of forgotten about it, even though I've studied scripture, you you sometimes forget a lot of things you've learned, especially if you don't use some of that material on a day-to-day basis. And, And the word involved from the scripture is the word sorcery, the word often translated into English that we use the word sorcery. And so I'm thinking about this pandemic. I am thinking about much of what has been told to us over these months. And then I'm thinking about the root word that was translated in the Bible as the word sorcery. And and it kind of got me thinking a little bit. The word is pharmakia. Now, I know a lot of people would argue that, well, you know, the root word of something from a long time ago may not fully mean that anymore. Fine. You can if you want to excuse it away that way, that's great. But the root of that word pharmakia, pharmakia, depending upon which professor you may have had in, in, in training, is the root word for Pharmacy. And understand, and I'm not saying this about all all medications, I think you know me better than that, but there are some of the things that I see coming out today from these pharmaceutical companies, and I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit path, but just kind of bear with me for a moment. There are a lot of new drugs introduced every year to cure some kind of an illness, ailment, or problem within our world. I know that modern medicine has done a great job in eradicating many, many illnesses, but they also, in my opinion, have created for themselves customers and not cures in many of the things that they sell you a prescription drug to have. Now, you may have some opinions on medications. I do, too. There are some that I don't care what a doctor tells me. I'm not going to take it because I understand the risk of some of these medications that are out there. I'm also fully aware, I mean, I'm fully aware that in some cases, I'm more worried about the side effect than what this medication is supposed to cure. When we first started hearing the term last year, we need to have a vaccine. Now, if you listen to the opening segment there, you heard good old Bill Gates talking about well maybe in 18 months I'm confident that one of these you know the, these concoctions will work which means he was saying that last year uh, about a year ago that we wouldn't even have anything right now. Most experts said there'd be nothing developed at all. don't don't even expect it it's not going to happen. but here we are and it did. Whether you think it's a safe concoction or not, I, I'm just I'm a skeptic. Uh, I've, I've listened to people on both sides of the argument. Some people are saying this is the mark of the beast. Some people are saying this will kill millions upon millions of people. Uh, for me, the jury is still somewhat out. I, I'm, I try to be, if you listen to this program on a regular basis... I try to be so careful as not to buy into every little conspiracy that comes down the track. And there are some credible sources, and there's some even relatively decent websites, some of which also get suckered into some of the narrative that I know to be pure science fiction. In other words, the 10% or 20% poison in the article that just Kills the credibility of the rest of it. Somebody asked me the other day, why wouldn't you want to take this vaccine Then you can have your life back? Well, number one, my life was not the government's to take away to begin with. Constitutionally in the United States, we have surrendered too much of our freedom, too many of the rights entrusted to us by God, let alone some man-made entity. They had no right to do what they did and they keep doing it with impunity. I was never so, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry back a month or so ago when, when President Biden made, made this particular remark. You remember this? If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by
1: July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate independence day that doesn't mean large events with lots of people together but it does mean small groups will be able to get together after this long hard year that will make this independence day something
0: truly special isn't that wonderful that maybe you and your friends and maybe my friends can can stand out there in the backyard. I guess we're supposed to wear two face masks and stay about, what, 12 feet apart, 30 feet apart. And we can acknowledge each other while holding a hot dog or something that just came off the grill and celebrate the freedoms that our government is granting us on this day. We have lost sight of something truly important in the United States, and and we've lost it in, in the free world. Government is not the grantor of your freedom. Government does not give you your rights and it does not give you your liberties. Those are not theirs to give. Those are endowed even as the, the Declaration of Independence, which we will remember on the 4th of July. That all these rights of freedom, the ability to work, the ability to worship the ability to have free speech and free association all of those things do not come from government they come from god and somewhere along the way we have been brainwashed or beaten down so hard we have forgotten from whence our rights derive our rights to have a barbecue does not come from joe biden Our rights to assemble are not decided by Jerry Nadler or the FBI. They have gotten to a point now that we are living in the United States and don't even realize that we're being herded into a Gestapo state. And we're doing it willingly. Well, at least many are doing it willingly. We have allowed our freedom of religion our freedom to worship, be impeded by the government. The Constitution does not have an exception to the rules. When the Constitution says something is constitutional, that means for all times. It doesn't mean, oh, but when Dr. Fauci declares something, then you don't have those rights. Rights are something that should be only infringed upon in the most dire of circumstances. Number one, I don't look at the government as my nanny and my protector of everything that I do to guide me and lead me where I need to be. I have God for that. I don't have the government. I do not want the government to do any of that. Yet even, even many that I've met in my life that claim to be People of faith claim to be followers of God claim to be Bible believing Christians are allowing the government to get in the middle of their relationship with God. I'm not going to pick on any particular church body too much, but I am going to say a few things that I think need to be said. If you are a member of the Roman Catholic Church, now I'm not here to debate with anybody about any of this in terms of theology. It's not my purpose. I just want you to listen to me carefully if you happen to be Roman Catholic and and even if you're not, listen to what I'm about to tell you because this is this applies to you as well. I want to show you the dangers of allowing government to have an impact within a household of faith within a church. It seems that many churches, and and Roman Catholics I I see a lot more posted by people, a lot of them were afraid to to gather together to have what they call the Mass, where they come together for their most important worship service of the week. Some people go to those, those services multiple times a week. They're devout. Now, like I say, I'm not going to debate anything about this in terms of, quote, theology. I'm talking strictly in terms of the church, a household of faith, and the state. Some of the Roman Catholic bishops in this country have been dismal disappointments. They, they cower down politically and bow down to the altar of Dr. Fauci on everything. I, I've seen many of these sweet Catholic ladies that go to church all scared of the coronavirus, terrified, because their priests are terrified, their bishops are terrified, because they have no faith. They have faith in Fauci and no faith in God. So they shut down their, their services. And these poor people are just like, oh, I can't wait to someday come back, and I can go to Mass again, and I can, I can receive communion again. And you see, to me, if you want to see a person with no faith in God, when I see a minister of the gospel standing in front of a congregation wearing gloves and a face mask, that I know their faith is not in God. Their faith is in Fauci, and Fauci is not the man you put your faith in. Fauci is not a God. Fauci is a fraud. Fauci is the father of this virus. Fauci is why we're dealing with this nonsense today. If anybody should be fired and potentially prosecuted to the full extent of the law, it's Dr. Fraud Fauci, the father of the virus. Funny, when I talked about this six months ago on the early days of this radio broadcast about the Wuhan virus that had been worked on at a lab in Wuhan, China, and its origins that it seemed to tie back somehow, some way to the first cov outbreak of 2003 and, and 2004, I had some people wondering, you know, where do you come up with this information? What, do, what, do, what exactly are you talking about? Many of the media outlets, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNBC, and, you know, MSNBC, which is just a bankrupt, retro, reprobate mind network, anything coming out of, out of MSNBC is laughable and damnable for the most part. But when I first started talking about this possibility that seemed increasingly so, that there's something about this virus, the way they treated it in 2004, 2005, the recommendations that came out from the CDC that are still buried on their website, if you look hard enough, how do you treat a sars cov virus? And the symptoms. How do you treat it? The original SARS-CoV virus, SARS-CoV or COV 2003-2004, uh, not to com- be confused with you know, SARS-CoV-2, that's what we call it now. This is kind of the second generation. Is 80 some odd percent the same virus as the one we have today? which started people speculating last May a year ago that maybe this is the same thing with a slight difference. Maybe it morphed. Maybe it uh, it's mutated. Maybe it's changed. And then some people began to wonder about the spike protein involved with this particular virus. And... And what, 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 what about this spike protein that caught the interest? It's the kind of a thing a gain-of-function researcher would be playing with to make this particular virus more of a bioweapon to infect people. Gee, does any of this ring a bell with you? Any of this making any sense to you right now? You're saying, wait a minute, Bob. What you're saying is this this virus, look, the original virus may or may not have been from a natural source. It is obvious, and we figured this out a year ago, even though, oh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and, and all the mainstream networks, they were all saying it came from an old bat in you know, somewhere in northern China or from—all they all they talked about— was this came from a bat, got to a wet market, got to patient zero, and somehow magically traveled the world in a short amount of time. And we don't know why or how. And then we can't blame China, we can't blame this, and, and then it nailed into Europe, and, and we saw what happened in northern Italy and, and other parts of the world with this virus And so what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is this virus may, may not be as natural as some people would like to believe. That it may have actually come from, from a laboratory. And, and here's what we know as of today. And I want, to, I want you to just file this away because over time, I'm seeing certain media outlets are beginning to share what I have been sharing with you. And they're kind of spooning it out one little piece at a time. The bottom line is this virus came from somewhere. It could very likely be the sars cov 2003-2004 virus, isolated and then played with in the United States in a laboratory funded by the National Institute of Health who who is running that thing. Oh, that's right, Dr. Fauci. That's his place. In 2014 the law changed. And the idea of gain of function studies were forbidden in the United States. We no longer could do these bio weapon kind of studies in the United States. And so what do we do? The virus was packed up along with some money and shipped off to another laboratory in a country that allowed it. Just so happened to be a level four bio lab in Wuhan, China. And they'll try to tell you that that's just merely a coincidence and the two have nothing to do with each other. I still... I'm still trying to get an answer to a question that came out, uh, a statement that Dr. Fauci made a couple of years ago. And it, it just kind of went over most people's heads. The media didn't think twice about it. You know, you know, we don't really dwell on this stuff. And this is before he became the media darling and superstar on many of the networks, Dr. Fauci. But he had put out a warning that somewhere before the end of the Trump administration's first term, that it was really, really likely that he would face a global pandemic. And it just so happened that, coincidentally, in 2019, uh, plans were made up to to have a pandemic kind of uh, tabletop exercise in conjunction with the fine folks at John Hopkins University. Good old John Hopkins. And and they were going to have this tabletop exercise to, how would the world respond if there was some kind of a (laughs) virus unleashed on the people? Did it ever occur to anybody? It occurred to me when I got called back into emergency management just how rapidly we have the international, worldwide dashboards ready to go for John Hopkins so quickly. All the work of event, uh, whatever it was in October, I can't, now that just escapes me, event 201 in October of last year, of, uh, I actually of two years ago now, it'd be uh, 2019. All of that material was ready to be instantly deployed for us and the world to use to start tracking how many people died of this terrible virus and and then all these colleges like the imperial college of london of course you know they're they know everything about everything and we started started with this fear started with the idea of 15 days to flatten the curve and and we had people believing that maybe by the end of April or May of last year that we would be getting the all-clear signal about this virus. Maybe maybe by June, oh, no no later than July, of course, because we had this thing on the run. We had all decided to stay home and wash our hand and start wearing these face diapers. And somehow this was going to – this is why I get so aggravated with Dr. Fauci the Fraud. And you know, Saint Anthony Cuomo the Pious of New York. I mean, they all blatantly lied consistently to to their their people. Fauci was saying there would never be a vaccine. Now there is. Of course, I will not take I will not take it. And it has nothing to do with any particular political administration at all. Has nothing to do with the fact that our president now is a Democrat and the prior one is a Republican. It's irrelevant. I don't trust some of the players behind the scenes, like the Bill Gates of this world. I don't trust him. A man that says we can use vaccines to depopulate the world, yes, he has made that statement. We must lower the population of the globe to survive, and we can use vaccines to do it. Now, am I saying this one's going to do it? No, I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying this thing is actually a vaccine by the normal definition. It is not. And that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm not going to take it. There's too much about this particular vaccine of which we do not know. I don't, I don't know what the long-term effects can be. I do enough reading and research and I don't mess with google because google and facebook and twitter will lie to you even things you know to be true they will get their little fact checkers out there to suppress and beat you down and so i do not trust what i call fascist book which is facebook fascist book i i don't trust twitter its leader or anybody they have lied to the american public consistently and they're proud of it they're proud to manipulate. So I don't trust the mainstream media. I don't trust a lot of the narrative. Because it, 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 there are too many things happening with this, with these vaccines. Here's what we know about them. Number one, they're not a true vaccine by the definition of a vaccine. They're a messenger RNA for the most part. And we don't know how the long-term effect is going to be. We've never used this on a mass scale in the human population. This has been rushed to market. None of these vaccines, and this is when you get like Facebook going, oh, they are safe and effective, safe and effective. They'll keep saying, the vaccines are safe and effective. You write anything on Facebook and they're immediately, they're safe and effective. Says who? says like a two or three year study, maybe a five or ten year study conducted in a double blind test set of circumstances. We don't have those. Have there been animal studies? Oh, they had to skip those. We didn't have time. We need to get these to market to save the world from the coronavirus so we can stop being locked down and not being allowed to go out and to go to a restaurant or go to work or go to school. So we're rushing these concoctions out there to the marketplace. And the question is, do we even know what they do? I'm running over, I know. It's time to take our break. I need to, and I want to come back and share some more thoughts on this. But this double-double toil and trouble mess we're into right now, I feel like there are warlocks and witches Standing in front of a cauldron pot, throwing in ingredients and calling it a COVID-19 vaccine. I, I just have this bad and strange feeling I can't put my finger on it. We're going to try to explain what I mean by that and what we need to do about it. If you believe in the work of Truth to Ponder, by the way, we're doing a lot. We're, we're, going to, we're in Florida this week. We're actually staying a little bit longer than planned. And we're going to be in Florida, so you know, bear that in mind. And uh, we're still able to get to our mail, uh, especially email. So if I don't see your physical letter for a few more days, just kind of bear with me as we're just spending a little bit longer here. I want to thank those that have supported this ministry financially. It means a lot to me, and it means a lot to many people that, that are benefiting from this program. If you can help, I'll give you the address in just a couple of minutes. But right now, we need to take this break. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The turtle and the rabbit. Shalom Aleichem. This
2: is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can, so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. It's one of the oldest stories. A rabbit once challenged a turtle to a race. The turtle accepted. The outcome seemed obvious. The rabbit would be the sure winner. So the race started. The rabbit immediately shot out into the distance and disappeared. The rabbit was so confident in his speed that he said, I could slack off for a while, take a nap. Meanwhile, the turtle just kept moving moving slowly, step by step, without stopping, step by step. And when the race was finished, it was the turtle who won. So it is in the Lord. When it comes to the race set before you, you're not to be the rabbit, but the turtle. In the book of Hebrews, you're told, run the race, not like the rabbit, but like the turtle, not with speed, but with endurance. See, one of the most overlooked secrets of success in God is that quality of perseverance. There are a lot of people who make impressive starts. They go all out for God for a season. They ride the wave of emotion and then they crash. Their faith was never grounded. They never really counted the cost. They never really committed to persevering no matter what. It was fast, but it was short-lived. It was impressive, but it was shallow. If you want to win the race, you have to be like the turtle run the race set before you with endurance with perseverance with resolve count the cost and commit yourself to following come what may opposition discouragement mess ups whatever learn to be consistent learn to be faithful daily in prayer in the word in righteousness in fellowship step by step be consistent strong and steady day in and day out in season out of season step by step when you feel like it when you don't step by step and step by step in due time You'll win the good race. Want more? Ask for perseverance. Now, the free gift for you, from the sands of Judea to the wings of the cherubim, the awesome long-hidden mystery now revealed, the mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. Guaranteed. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's chosen people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1, that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1, or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and the zip 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, it's Box 1111, it's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and the zip Oh, 7644. Well, listen, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend and Messiah Sar Chaim, the Prince of Life. This
0: is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to Part 2 of the Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. And I'm glad that so many of you do take the time to listen to either as a podcast or or very importantly by International Shortwave Radio. Now, in just a moment, got a few things to share on that front. I have a lot more I want to get into in thinking about what the Bible has to say about much of the things that are going on in our world today. And, And I think we need to spend that time in God's Word in a few minutes. I think you might be surprised at what you hear. If you believe in the work of Truth to Ponder, why not consider helping us financially? Right now, we are heard on International Shortwave, primarily on on two radio stations. One is WRMI. And we're on several frequencies a day, generally speaking. Uh, Wednesday, just two times in the afternoon. And, but Monday and Tuesday, several times. And Thursday and Friday, uh, I think we're on in the afternoon. Then again, at night, And on KVOH, which is out of Los Angeles, covering back toward the east on a frequency of 9975 kilohertz, we are on the air uh, every night, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time. And and I'd like to hear from those that might be listening to KVOH. All the, the funds currently being raised are used for one thing, and that is just to keep the program on international shortwave. And the audience is growing. And I believe we need to keep this line of communication open in the days and the months and the years ahead. And I I think it's vital. I think it's vital for a number of reasons. The least of which being you cannot trust the tech tyrants who want to control the information you are allowed to read, see, hear, or even are allowed to believe. When I started the program today, I talked about the the google words you know the google word when you if you go to google you always have the word google and sometimes they have some kind of a special little cartoonish thing made out of their letters and on saturday i looked at it and i'm going this is you've got to be kidding a bunch of happy letters wearing a face mask and getting their COVID 19 injections isn't it so special All we need to do is wear a face mask and get our injections, and somehow we're going to make the world a happier and safer place. I'm telling you, there's more to this story than we're being told. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that are very worrisome to me and should be to you. We have been moving into this world economy for a long, long time, all my lifetime, probably it's become more of a global economy. There are those that would like it to be a one world government, one world system. I can remember that from, you know, as my childhood seeing and reading about and hearing about those kind of things. I never paid much attention to it back in the 70s when I first started out. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm married, I've got a family, I've got a job. and And we weren't thinking too much in terms of a global economy with only the exception of our dependence upon foreign oil. For the most part, the majority of the cars on the road in the United States were made in America. You had some Volkswagens and a few Japanese cars. Maybe a couple of expensive imports from England or Italy. But for the most part, if you owned a car, it was either, and I'm I'm going back to the late 60s, 1970s, either a Ford or a GM, a Chrysler product, or American Motors pretty much were the dominant car manufacturers. And you had some Volkswagen dealerships selling their little VW bugs and little, little little, little van things. And a couple of other imports. We didn't think about being dependent upon the world for our goods and services. If you bought a toaster, it was probably made in a state like Illinois or Ohio. If you bought a car, it was made in Michigan or Atlanta or some other city in the United States and, or over the border in Canada where they have the corresponding factor uh, factory for Canadian automobiles from GM and other manufacturers. We were, in many ways, self-sufficient as a nation. We had companies that built our aircraft, like I say, our cars. We had our own lumber industry. We had our own communications industry. We had our own ability to manufacture. Now, remember, this is the 1960s, 1970s, and 50s. You know, the vacuum tubes that powered our Electronics from the 1930s well into the 1970s, we could manufacture those in Pennsylvania or California and a bunch of other locations. Even the transistor, for a long time, made in America. The first integrated circuits to make computers, made in America. But over time... Over time, a lot of those industries began to move overseas for cheaper production costs. Happened with the automobile industry for cheaper production costs. And even even more fearful to me is how much of our American American pharmaceutical industry has gone overseas. I'm going to get to those people in just a moment. So, coming up when I did, I didn't worry about, quote, the world economy. I didn't worry about, my Lord, I'm not going to be able to, uh, to buy a set of pots and pans because something happened in China. Back when I, in 1971, I didn't think about buying anything from China. Nobody was buying anything from China. They weren't selling anything to us from China. In 1971, just wasn't happening. Made in Japan was only beginning to get a better connotation than what had been made in occupied Japan in the 1950s. It took a while. Japanese are very, very good in building things. But after the Second World War, it took a long time to rebuild their economy and their ability of production. So it took a while before made in Japan actually meant some quality behind the work. So we really didn't notice this shift to a global economy in the 1970s. The only thing that directly impacted us a couple of times were the what well, was the oil crisis when you had a shortage of gasoline? I can remember gasoline rationing, odd and even days depending on your license plate. Remember those days? I'm sure, some of you do. Odd and even gas rationing, limit of ten gallons, which sounds like a lot today, but if you had an eight-cylinder Chevrolet Impala. That was a 22-gallon gas tank, so you're only allowed to get, like, less than half a tank of gas at a time, and the long lines. Over the years, the entanglement of the global economy has been growing behind the scenes. Those of us in Canada, the United States, and other places, we've we've enjoyed the cheaper prices on many of the goods, stop and think. I want you to stop and think how much you made, if, if, you're, as my, if you're my age, how much did you make when you were, let's say, 17 or 18 years old, starting out in a, in a job? Let's say even 20 or 21. Just coming out of college. A lot of jobs out of college, and I know some people. They they were paying something like you know three hundred dollars a week, which sounded like a lot of money back then. And and if you had, even if you came out of high school with a with a tech school background, two fifty a week was achievable, pretty quick. We would think that laughable today, but minimum wage was a buck eighty five an hour, even when I started a dollar sixty five an hour. So a forty hour week at minimum wage was something like seventy dollars a week income. I can remember when it I took a job and my my friends are making $1.65 an hour working like at grocery stores packing groceries, taking them out to people's cars in the snow and the ice and the rain and whatever the weather might be. And I had a job sitting in a radio station getting paid $2 an hour. I mean, it's like $80 a week in all the records you could eat. That was pretty much the same back in the day. And I look back now, and you think, how did I survive on that? Well, it suddenly dawned on me. I wasn't paying $1,000 for, for a mortgage or more like some people do. They're paying anywhere between like $800 and $2,000 $2, a month on a mortgage. Taxes on a house... They weren't five and $6,000 a year like they are in, in New York and New Jersey and other states. That's ridiculous. Just highway robbery. What are you getting for that money? <laughs> You're getting a woke government destroying education and ruining your kids, and you get to pay for it. You get a corrupt government, a corrupt school system, and they just take your money, take your money, and take your money. And as a government, they keep growing themselves and paying themselves mass amounts of money. And then they take so much, they discourage manufacturing in their own states, and they get all mad. Well, why does that company want to move to Mexico or move to Georgia or move to South Carolina? Maybe because you're a little secret, little secret. I always get a kick out of these younger people going, we need to raise those corporate taxes on those big evil corporations. Yes, they're big and evil. Tax them more. Tax them more so I get more stuff. I need more stuff. I need, I need free this and free that. So tax the corporations. Just tax them more. I remember somebody pointed out to me, and it's got to be at least, let's see, I'm 66, so it's got to be at least 40 years ago. I heard somebody make a statement, and it resonated the second that I heard it. Corporations do not, will not, and never have paid taxes. And I heard him say that. I mean, what do you mean? Of course they pay taxes. They have a tax rate of you know 20-some-odd percent or whatever the case is. The guy goes, no, if you think about it and you think it through logically, which is something that most high school students today are not learning. The idea of thinking logically with common sense is a lost art. So let's look at this rationally. I've got a corporation, let's say. Let me just make it up here. I, I've got a business. And, and yeah, I make, I make cell phones. I make the, yeah, let's say I'm yeah, I'm, I'm Apple Corporation. I'm Apple. I make make iPhones. Of course, I make them overseas, but I make iPhones. And so to my, you know, college girl person saying we need to tax all these corporations more, those evil big corporations, okay, so I sell this $1,000 iPhone. And, you know, we make $50 or $60 on that phone. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. By the time it gets through everything, all the hands that have to be paid along the way, and, you know, there's some tax on it. Let's say that that phone comes out just on the product. Forget the other taxes at the retail level. That's that's other, That's other. a whole other ballgame. Let's talk about the corporation tax, okay? So my $1,000 iPhone you decide that the corporate tax has got to go up, and you raise it. So now the $1,000 iPhone, because we'll lose money without raising the price because of the increase in taxes, the $1,000 iPhone is now $1,085 or $1,050 or $1,100, whatever the increase. And that wonderful college girl is going to be, Rejoicing that those evil corporations are paying more taxes. But then she's wondering, why did the price of the iPhone go up? Corporations, in essence, do not pay taxes. They are merely middleman tax collectors. They just don't come to your house and demand money. You come to them and give you your money to them. And they set a price based upon the cost of doing business, the cost of the shareholders, uh, the cost of labor, the cost of transportation, and the cost of taxes. So you raise the taxes on, you know, Bob's iPhone company, and I raised the price of the Bob's iPhone. You get it now. Hopefully you understand this. That every time you look for corporations to pay taxes, all you're looking for is raising the price of goods and services to the end user. It's, it's always been that way. If people realized how much they're really paying in taxes hidden in the goods and services that they buy, they might have a different perspective on government than they do. So I want to get back. So, so we got this understanding now. We, we live in this world economy and we are now interdependent. Too many of our goods and services today are made in places like China. And many, many factories in the United States over the past 25 years or so have gradually shut down. I can remember, I'm going to go back in time. There's a place called Coates and Clark. ever heard of them? If women who have ever done sewing and, and whatever know who I'm talking about. Back in 1975 when I'm first moving and living in the little town of Tocoa, Georgia, one of the big employers that people love to go to work for was Coates and Clark. They were on Rose Lane in Tacoa, Georgia. I remember exactly where they are to this day. And back in the 1970s you would see a parking lot, a massive parking lot full of cars. And if memory serves me correct, they had multiple shifts they had, you know, morning, afternoon and evening, I mean overnight. They they were working around the clock. There were trucks pulling in and out of that place. There were there was actually a train track. A little thing called the Hartwell Railroad. And the Hartwell Railroad would pick up just all kind of stuff and haul it off to the mainline railroads to take out and ship out to the rest of the country. Coats and Clark was a big endeavor. But over the years, well, the Chinese could do it cheaper. And Coates and Clark had a hard time competing with other companies against Chinese goods, so... Not long ago, I was driving into Coa, Georgia, and you look at that big monstrous factory and the big empty parking lot. See, the worldwide economy is is devastating us too. This week, I want to talk about a couple of things, and and I really kind of fell far off the field here. Didn't mean to. Just as I kept thinking about trying to tee up today and tomorrow, and and later this week. I have something kind of planned for for Wednesday. Somebody pointed out something to me, and like I say, I mentioned it earlier. A word from Scripture that comes to mind. The word is one that is found a few times in the New Testament and a couple of times in the Old Testament. It is often, it is translated into... King James English as sorcery. So, first, remember the time when this translation is made. Before we have really gotten into the level of science and medicine and technology that we have today, I mean, we are talking 400 and some odd years later. Quite a bit has happened in the 400 years. The word sorcery found in Scripture... And one of the verses comes out of uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 18, and I've got it right here in front of me, verse 23. I'm going to read you the verse that I'm going to tell you about the word sorcery. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants... Were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all the nations deceived. Okay? Now, you notice I began the program today with a little bit of double, double toil and trouble kind of stuff. You know, what I call the witchcraft, the sorcery that goes on today. Sometimes, well, where did the word sorcery come from? As we mentioned before, pharmacia the root word of pharmaceutical or pharmacy. Now, like I say, I'm not saying that all pharmaceuticals, I didn't, I don't mean, don't, don't assume this. I'm not saying that all pharmaceuticals are, are witchcraft or sorcery. But right now, until we know more about this vaccine, it's leaning to me in that bin for the moment until proven otherwise. I want to talk about this world we're heading into. Someone made a. We 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 live longer in this world and life. I'm sure that far, our pharmaceutical products, some of those things have been helpful. Uh, surgery, certain types have been helpful, but I think our sanitation improvements have also been helpful, and being able to eat a decent diet, if you so choose, has been helpful. I mentioned on the first half of the program. There's some medications out there that you look at, and after they rattle off all the bad things about it, it makes you wonder, so what is the positive thing about taking these medicines? They're hard to find. I'm I'm a little bit cautious about medicine for one reason, and I've seen this happen. There seems to be this, hey, we've got this medicine to take care of this, but as we're taking care of this, You might need this medicine to take care of that that was caused by this. And then when you get that, then you may have the other, which you'll need this medication before. And the next thing you know, you got a big box full of pills every day to take that all started with one pill. And you look at how much our insurance and government are paying for those pills and, and I wonder sometimes, and I'm, this is just me talking out loud, because you know me. I sometimes wonder about the, effic- the effectiveness and the necessity of many of the pills to begin with. I've known some people that finally decided one day to start weaning off of this stuff, and they find out they're doing fine without it. My fear at times is that the pharmaceutical industry, translated from the scripture is sorcery, are trying to create customers, not cures. Talk to your doctor about taking this pill for the rest of your life. Or that pill for the rest of your life. It's just like the COVID-19 vaccine. They talk about it. Well, now we're going to have to have a third booster shot this year if you're taking a certain one. And maybe we'll have to take a shot or two every year. Okay, so what you're saying is this is not really a vaccine at all. And it's not, and you can't keep up with the mutations and the variations that are out there. And what you're selling us is nothing more than snake oil because you've admitted that it doesn't either prevent you from getting it or spreading it. And so, Dr. Fauci, who has taken his two doses allegedly of the vaccine, I'm going to assume that he's not lying, that he took it not a placebo. So he's running around. I've taken the vaccine, but I'm wearing two or three face masks. I need to wear these two or three face masks because I'm telling you to wear two or three face masks. Because don't you know that two or three face masks are more effective than one face mask? And how effective is a face mask? Well, we don't know. We know from 20 some odd years of studies, a face mask didn't do a thing in either direction on the flu. So there was no need to wear a face mask for the flu. And we know that the COVID-19 is, just happens to also be a virus, <laughs> same as the flu, in terms of how it transmits and spreads. So what's the purpose? So why did we take this concoction and put it into our bodies? Well, I didn't but a lot of people have. Why, why are people doing this to themselves? And in my opinion, doing it to themselves at a great risk. Why are they doing it? Two reasons. Number one, some people are just afraid. They're scared of this virus. And when you see bishops in the Roman Catholic Church and priests running around afraid, you remember I told you a few weeks ago about this poor gal in Texas comes into a church with her two little kids. And there's like nobody sitting next to each other. They got extreme social distancing far bigger and wider and and greater than than required by by anybody. And the priest wearing a face mask and his stupid blue rubber gloves. Yeah, I'm afraid to touch Jesus. He's infected with the coronavirus, don't you know? calls the cops and has her th- or wanted her thrown out She's. I pray to God she does not go back to that faithless place that thinks Jesus has coronavirus that thinks that Jesus is going to infect you and, or I need to wear this face mask and these gloves because I may infect Jesus because Jesus is powerless against the virus what kind of church is that if your church is like that, get out of it. Leave it immediately. There's no life in that church. Trust me on that. We're going to talk more about sorcery this week. Witchcraft, the deception in the church, being deceived, and how not to be deceived. If you believe in this ministry, would you take just a few minutes to let us know? By You, you can write us. An email from the website number 2 pondercom number 2 pondercom And our mailing address in Georgia, we'll be getting the mail not long from now. It's, it's secure while we're gone. And that is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That is the secure box. So. 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. And we are located in the city of Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia. And the zip code there is 30537. 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263, in Sky Valley, Georgia. And the zip code 30537. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the program.